The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Help! I need somebody. Help! Not just anybody. Help! You know I need someone. Welcome to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. Family caregivers don't have to be alone in their experiences. You will hear from experts and other caregivers facing the same issues that you may be facing. Now, here is your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Welcome to episode 226 of Family Caregivers Unite. This is Dr. Gordon Atherley, your host. Our topic today is treatment for painful pus-discharging lumps under the skin. Skin problems affect more than the skin. Skin problems can undermine self-esteem, which in turn may cause children and adults to withdraw from social activities and may cause adults to change their work or even experience difficulties in finding work. Skin problems can affect children and adults emotionally with loss of confidence, anger and frustration, anxiety, distress and depression, which can even lead to something hard to mention, but suicidal thoughts. And the skin problems of family members can be very worrying for family caregivers too, which is why our topic today, treatment for painful pus-discharging lumps under the skin, is so important. To discuss it, our guests are Dr. Fred Kahn and Julie Donardo. Fred, a highly qualified surgeon in Canada, is also a diplomate of the American Board of Surgery. For 18 years, he conducted an extensive surgical practice in Southern California and for eight years served as chief of staff at a major hospital in Santa Ana, California. In 1989, he founded Meditech International, Inc., which developed the Bioflex series laser therapy systems. With basic research, scientific knowledge, and clinical expertise, Meditech developed protocols for numerous medical conditions, including wounds and many dermatological, dermatological skin problems. Protocols are continually refined at the Meditech Rehabilitation Centers, where up to 800 treatments are administered every week. Clinics using Bioflex laser therapy systems are established in 50 countries, and over 2 million treatments have been administered without any significant complications or adverse effects. Julie has practiced dental hygiene for 26 years. In 2009, she founded Gleam Smile Center, an independent dental hygiene office to provide accessible oral hygiene care. She's a founding member of the American Academy of Oral Systemic Health, a member of an advisory board for bioanalytics, 
that's a medical devices company, and a member of the Canadian Dental Hygiene Association and the Ontario Dental Hygiene Association, among other organizations. She provides oral cancer awareness days in her office and works collaboratively with local, the local treatment, cancer treatment center. She founded the charity Woolies for Newbies, which provides essentials for the less fortunate and their babies. The charity is provided for citizens in needs throughout Canada. And over the past 10 years, she and her family have fostered many children who continue to enrich their lives. So welcome to the show, Fred and Julie. Welcome. Thank you. I'm delighted to participate. Uh, thank you. Now, Fred, I'd like to start with you, please. Please tell us more about your personal story and your work as a surgeon. Well, my history has been basically quite simple. I grew up on a farm about 40 miles northeast of Toronto, went to the University of Toronto, and then uh, uh, underwent uh, postgraduate training in surgery and uh, probably spent 20 years in that area surgical endeavors, and uh, I worked hard and did a lot of work and learned a lot, always learned to think independently and have persisted in that line of endeavor ever since. Uh, subsequent to a ski injury, I developed a problem with my right shoulder. I had a rotator cuff injury and also a, a dislocation, two separate episodes, and I had a Pretty beaten up shoulder and consulted two highly regarded orthopedic surgeons, and they both wanted to operate. Historically, I knew this is not really the best solution in most instances, and uh, looked for alternative therapies and found a very primitive European device used by a therapist in Toronto and subjected myself to a course of treatment was impressed by the end result, which stimulated my interest in self-education in this area of endeavor, which continues today. So starting in 89, now we're in 2013, so it encompasses almost 25 years, and I'm learning new things every day. Quite a story. Julie, please tell us more about your personal story and your work as a dental hygienist. Well, um, I've been a dental hygienist. Now I'm going on to my 28th year. Uh, I opened up the uh, independent dental hygiene practice uh, five years ago, and uh, it, this allows me to, to work in the way uh, a little bit more in, a, in the prevention aspect where we work with uh, microscopes and lasers and, and we go a little bit more in-depth uh, we try to treat people, you know, like the, the, the way we want to be treated ourselves. Um, I'm, I'm a mother of four. Like you said in my, in my bio, that I've, I've fostered children uh, for over 10 years. We've had over 40 foster children in our care. And with that experience, we've, we've had a lot come through our home, uh, a lot with, uh, with disabilities of, of different types. I have um, two children of my own that have uh, different learning disabilities. So, uh, you know, there's a whole gamut of, of, of knowledge as far as uh, of treating people in, in, in special ways. Um, that's, that's about it. I've been working, working in my practice and, and uh, 
just just doing the best I can and, and you know, trying to provide care for as many people as I can. Thanks very much, Julie. Um, let's now go to Fred and ask about painful pus-discharging lumps under the skin and how you diagnose them and how seriously you view them. Fred? Well, first of all, I want to compliment uh, Julie and her contributions to society, and uh, I'm, of course, attempting to do the same. Diagnosis of this condition is relatively simple. It starts out often with just basic redness, inflammation, maybe a little swelling in the axillary area most frequently, but it can involve other areas such as the ingle area and so forth. And if it's not properly treated or sensibly treated, uh, it can develop into pockets of purulent material secondary to the obstruction of the follicles in those areas and can be quite serious. And uh, it's about 80% more common in females between the ages of 10 to 20 uh, but it's more severe usually if it occurs in males, I've noticed, and the literature doesn't reflect that, and it's not really important. But basically, it's easy to diagnose and even easier to treat if you apply significant common sense. Now, let's ask Julie um, this question. Please give us your perspective as a family caregiver for a family member with a pus-discharging dis- pus lumps under the skin. And I'm going to ask you the supplementary question as well right now, which is, has the diagnosis for your daughter's skin condition been established? Julie? It has. The, the diagnosis, um, it, it came out to be HS. Now, Dr. Kahn can probably say the, the long version a lot better than I can. Uh, but it was diagnosed, well, her first symptoms came when uh, she was finishing up grade 12 in her, her last year of uh, secondary school where she formed a lump underneath her arm, and we didn't know what it was. We thought maybe it was just an ingrown hair. And before going to school, she said, Mom, I've got this little lump underneath my arm, and, and it, it kind of hurts. And I said, well, you know, just keep an eye on it, and off to school she went. And by that afternoon... She called me and she says, Mom, it's about the size of an egg and it really, really hurts. Uh, so we took her in and, and um, brought her to emergency where they had to drain it. And it was um, quite, quite large and it was very, very concerning. But once that was taken care of, uh, everything was, was gone and, and we didn't think anything of it because we thought it was just an ingrown hair. Um, and it wasn't until her second year of post-secondary school, she was away from home, and she called me crying, saying that, you know, she had this, this huge abscess that had burst on the, on the inner thigh, and she had this big gaping hole that, uh, that was very red and, and sore, and, and she didn't know what to do. And they said, go to emergency. And they did because she says it was, it was red and, and hot and inflamed. And, uh, and it was a young doctor there who thought that it could be HS, um, so we arranged for her to come home and uh, made an appointment with a, a dermatologist. And it was at that time that they diagnosed it um, as HS, which was kind of a bittersweet because it was, at least we knew what it was, but um, we're told that there's no cure and it's a lifelong thing and, and that in itself is devastating. 
How long ago is that that you're talking about that um, you really got to the point of the diagnosis? That was just last year. And now, she's, she's, she's 21 now. And it, 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 it formed quite quickly. It went from a stage one uh, to now stage four. Um, and it's, um, it's, it's, not, it's not fun. I'm going to be asking you this question again, but in a different way. But just please give us an impression of your family reaction when you discovered what the diagnosis was. And then, like everybody else, you'd go and look it up and find out what was known about it and this kind of thing. What was your sort of family reaction to that news? We, we were horrified because that's the first thing you do with Internet today is, is you, you take a look and you say, oh, well, what's this? We've, we'd never heard uh, of this HS before. We had, you know, it was new to us, so we, we Google it, and then we see all these horrendous pictures, and we think to ourselves, oh, she'll never get to that point. I mean, this has got to be, this is just way, this has got to be the, the, the worst-case scenarios that we're seeing. And, uh, it, you know, here we are a year later, and it's a daily struggle uh, to try to keep new, new uh, cysts or new abscesses from forming. Um, some, some periods are good, and, and sometimes they're not. And it's, um, you know, we've, we've tried absolutely everything, and, and we're researching, and we're constantly researching. And uh, my work as a hygienist and, and my work with, with lasers in my office for bacterial reduction I mean, we, we started looking in, in that direction, and this is right. what's uh, brought us here today. Right. Now, we've got to take the break. Um, it's that time. So this is Dr. Gordon Averley, and my guests are Dr. Fred Kahn and Julie Donado. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We're coming back. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. American Heroes Network is a program for and about our American veteran heroes and their families. Join Gary Ray and his co-host as they show what is being done to help our veterans and showcase the companies and organizations that are helping our veterans and their families rebuild their lives. Listen for American Heroes Network, live and powered by the Voice America Variety Channel, every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time. What would you do if you knew that you could not fail? The Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili is a radio forum for some of the world's most influential people in the fields of health, wellness, and human potential. Dr. Pat brings together and introduces visionary scientists and futurists, environmentalists, educators, business leaders, inventors, filmmakers, authors, artists, mystics, and healers who inspire and support individual and collective growth and positive cultural shifts. This award-winning radio show empowers the listening community to be the change they want to see in the world. Tune in every Thursday. Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific for the Dr. Pat Show with Dr. Pat Basili, radio to thrive by. Find out what's happening on the Voice America Talk Radio Network by keeping up with us on Twitter. You can find us at Voice America TRN. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg 
at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Fred Kahn and Julie Donado. Our topic is treatment for painful, pus-discharging lumps under the skin. Now, let's talk about the condition HS, which Dr. Kahn will spell out for us, that produces painful, pus-discharging lumps under the skin and the challenge that it creates. And Julie's already described some of those challenges um, in, re- in, in the experience of her family and her daughter. So, Fred, first of all, how common is the condition? Who typically are the people who develop it? And how and in what ways does it affect them? Well, it's uh, not terribly common, but we here at the clinic, we probably see one or two cases a month. So it's not as common as uh, stenosis of the spine or issues of that nature. Uh, Often it's probably badly treated or not correctly treated. People tend to be... uh, tend to over-treat. For instance, Julie's daughter, uh, probably the incision was premature. Uh, you know, when tissues are inflamed, you don't want to impose second trauma, such as uh, applying an incision to drain for when there's no pus has really developed. That's at a later stage you do incisions. So in the early stages, when it's acute inflammation, and as she said, it's egg-sized, unless it's really soft and pus is developed in the central, which is gangrenous tissue, dead bacteria and so forth, and other secretions, you want to delay that as much as possible. And, you know, you can never judge what the doctor did in that particular situation. I'm certainly not critical of him, but I see that people often try to drain things where pus hasn't really developed to a sufficient uh, aspect. So they're really make an incision over an inflammation, which is a poor approach. So at the stage where you have a lot of inflammation, you give them analgesics, you tell them not to worry too much, you apply saltwater compresses, which is probably the best bactericidal of anything because it caused no adverse effects. It's very inexpensive. It's easily applied. It encourages the patient to participate in the therapeutic aspect of the situation. You always want to make your patient your partner. And uh, it's the proper way to go. You know, doctors today, when they see red, they tend to reach for their prescription pad and describe. So salt water compresses in the early or even middle of the stage of development of the turbulent abscess uh, which doesn't require training unless it's fully developed and they never require drainage is appropriate. Uh, There are a lot of factors involved, uh, causative factors. uh, This includes genetic factors, hormonal stress, and so forth, environmental factors, allergies. And it's certainly good in all cases to avoid use of cosmetics, uh, you have to deal with the teenage anxieties, which promote the use of uh, underarm odor uh, applications, topical applications, 
which I think are a significant factor from the causative perspective. I think in our society, there's so much play on the teenage anxiety when people first become self-conscious about themselves. They listen to the ads. They buy all these deodorants and cosmetics and perfumes, etc. Uh, that is, I think that's responsible for a large number of cases, and this should be discouraged. Under our motors, normal. If people take a shower once a day, that's more than sufficient. And wear loose clothing and uh, leave those areas exposed to the air as much as possible. I think that's a sensible approach to avoidance and also in treatment. Right. Fred, Fred, I'm going to stop you there because I want to just move to Julie and ask her about the challenges the condition has created for her daughter. And Julie, your, your daughter, and for you all as a family. And particularly, I want to ask you, what are the most challenging of the challenges that you all have experienced? Julie? Um, the most challenging of the experience, there's, there's, there's many of them. One of them, and you had mentioned it at the very beginning, is uh, self-esteem uh, and body image to even pain management in, in, on some days. Um, one of the biggest challenges, too, is, is trying to keep new abscesses from forming. But uh, the, the, the whole self-esteem thing, because she's so young, and, and, I, and, and as Dr. Khan said, maybe we see this a lot in younger people, but it's, it's very difficult because this is a girl that used to spend her summers on the beach, you know, in a bathing suit, carefree. And this year, there's, there's no way she would be seen without full coverage because she's afraid somebody's going to see her underarm or see her inner thigh that at, at this point have, have deep holes and pits and scars and, and discoloration, um, you know, and, and sometimes there's weeping. Um, so that's, that's the biggest challenge. And, and also knowing that um, there's, there's really no end in sight that this is going to be a lifelong thing that, um, that she has to deal with. So I think that's, that has to be one of the most, most challenging things. And we are trying to do the, the most, like we're doing the loose clothing. And I'm saying we because it is a family problem. I mean, I, I would hate for her to be on her own having to deal with this because uh, um, it's, it's very hard um, psychologically. Let's go to Fred now. For physicians, um, generally, doctors generally, how much of a challenge is accurate diagnosis of HS? Does it ever pass undiagnosed? And what, what, what do we know about its cause? Uh, diagnosis is relatively simple. You know, it starts out with inflammation and some discomfort, which may uh, develop into pain. But pain is a symptom. It's not uh, the base. It's, uh, it's not the pathology. The pathology is a blocked follicle with fluids collecting, destruction of tissue, and uh, leading to the formation of pus, bed bacteria, etc., and so forth. So the diagnosis is relatively simple. Redness and pain in the axilla, for example, uh, is very simple to view. And if you ask the patient a few questions to diagnose, 
it's the treatment that is more challenging, particularly people have limited options, limited knowledge, and don't know about the various treatment options that do exist. Right. What do we know about its cause? Its cause is multifaceted. It can be caused by genetic uh, predisposition, hormonal factors, uh, environmental conditions, uh, the use of detergents and softeners in uh, washing uh, clothing, tight clothing that doesn't allow the area to be exposed to the oxygen in the atmosphere. Uh, and, of course, there are a lot of more distant factors such as smoking, obesity, and my opinion also a significant factor is the inappropriate use of underarm deodorants. I think they're probably the major factor in the whole enterprise. So young people should be, avoid, uh, should be educated to avoid those things. And they should also be emotionally stabilized by encouraging, giving them, the hope, giving them the hope that this is just a simple passage of the time and that it will get better and they will be normal in, in the very near future. So you have to lay their anxieties and avoid the usage again. And medicine is largely dictated today by pharmaceuticals, you know, so you get antidepressants, you get analgesics which were all pretty much unnecessary. Common sense, laser, uh, laser therapy is obviously uh, one of our favorite uh, uh, therapies. Saline compresses, simple things, a daily shower and even twice daily. Just cleanliness, exposure to the oxygen in the atmosphere, really very basic approaches. Now, I'd like to go straight back to Julie, and we've already touched on this question with you, but how do you and your daughter see the future? Well, at this point, we're, we're, we're trying desperately to get things under control. Like I said, it goes from month to month, sometimes, or, or week to weeks, or some days, day to day. Um, the future, what, what really concerns me about this, and, and I really wish it were just as simple as what it sounds, but when you have a chronic infection um, in, in, in your body, and I know this through my work in hygiene because I deal with gum infection, and, and, and I know how it affects the overall health. So what I'm really concerned about is what is this chronic infection doing to her overall health? And I just read a study actually the other day, um, which was rather disturbing and saying that with this chronic infection, it can lead up to many, many, many years off of their life. That's what concerns me the most is just what is this chronic infection doing to her, to her body, right? So this is why we're desperately trying to, you know, get things either under control or, or um, at this point it's under control, but it's, it, it, there's always new occurrences uh, happening. Okay. Now, we've come to the time to take the break once more. This is Dr. Gordon Averley, and my guests are Dr. Fred Kahn and Julia DiNardo. You're listening to Family Caregivers Unite on the Voice America Variety and Empowerment Channels and CJMP 90.1 FM Community Radio for Power River. Please stay with us. We're coming back.
Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Do the adventures of Indiana Jones leave you curious about this exotic and unusual profession? If so, don't miss Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology with Dr. Joseph Schuldenrein. You'll learn about forensics, ancient civilizations, and human origins. Listen to Dr. Schuldenrein and colleagues discuss their excavations and related archaeological topics, ranging from the unique to the sublime, and yes, even the mundane. Indiana Jones, Myth, Reality, and 21st Century Archaeology, live Wednesday, 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific Time, on Voice America Variety. Emotional intelligence has been documented to be the most important skill for a leader to move up in an organization. Leaders Playbook will unpack what emotional intelligence is, why it is important, and how you can raise your emotional intelligence for yourself, your direct reports, and your team. Join Dr. Relly Nadler every Monday morning at 9 a.m. Pacific, 12 p.m. Eastern, to the Leaders Playbook on the Voice America Business Channel. Your success, your success could depend on it. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at familycaregiversunite.org. Now, Back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to Family Caregivers Unite and Dr. Fred Kahn and Julie Donado. Our topic is treatment for painful pus discharging lumps under the skin. Now let's talk about the treatment and care for this condition, HS, uh, that we've been talking about in the previous segment. Fred, first question for you. What treatments do you provide? How do these work? And how effective are they? Well, again, that's a very simple answer I can provide. Uh, We provide emotional support. We assure them that this will pass, which it invariably does. Our number one therapeutic approach is the use of laser radiation or laser therapy, which is simply applied. It's uh, topical, safe, no adverse effects and we tailor the protocols to the patient's individual needs. And uh, invariably in our experience it works, and we educate about 1,000 therapists a year at our clinic. We have educational therapists, so we educate all of those individuals to utilize the same therapy. We combine it in the early stages with uh, saline compresses, Again, simple to apply, uh, makes the patient uh, participant in the therapy, and again, the results are totally effective. We don't use much in the med- medication. Pain is usually a minor symptom, easily dealt with uh, temporarily if required with Tylenol or some analgesic, which they may require for a day or two or three. And uh, we continue with the laser therapist as appropriate over the course of time so it doesn't recur. It's completely resolved when we end treatments. The average series of treatment requires possibly 
10, 8 to 12 sessions. On the average, 10 sessions. Now, I want to ask Julie, what has been the experience in your family of the treatment for HS? When she was first diagnosed with HS, um, we went to the traditional method because we, we didn't know any better. So she was given um, use of antibiotics, long-term use of antibiotics, and this is what we were told that she was going to have to take for the rest of her life. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not a big drug user, okay? and that didn't really sit well with me. Um, and that the fact that she would have to take antibiotics uh, day in, day out, not only is it not good for her system, but being a female, you know, if you, if you, if you introduce something, well, then something else is going to come out of it. And, of course, yeast infections were, um, were, were an ongoing thing because of the use of the antibiotics. So we, we, we stopped that, and we started doing um, more natural approaches using um, turmeric and tea tree oils and add saline compresses. Um, and then we, we looked into the laser because I use lasers in my work and I could see what it does to the gum tissue. I thought there has to be a laser, um, a bacterial reduction laser. There has to be one in a larger scale. And that's when I started doing my research. And this is what I found, um, Dr. Kahn's laser therapy. Uh, so we started doing laser treatment and uh, it's still an ongoing thing. And uh, it seems to be working quite well. Excellent. Now, Fred, how does the treatment you provide, particularly the laser treatment, compare with other treatments that are available? Fred? Well, first of all, it's very simple to apply, and it avoids use of pharmaceuticals. Now, there are a lot of good drugs out there, and there are a lot of uh, uh, drug manufacturers who are really focused on benefit to the patient. At the same time, all drugs have adverse effects. And in our society, because of the tremendous influence of the pharmaceutical industry, there's a predisposition to over-prescribing. This is a simple inflammatory slash infectious condition that does not require pharmaceuticals. There's simple solutions available that have no adverse effects. Laser therapy acts as an analgesic. It's the most powerful anti-inflammatory, and it also regenerates new cells in place of uh, non-functionings or structurally uh, impaired cells. So it's more or less a fairly ideal treatment. Antibiotics long used. I see patients once, two, three times a week where they've been instructed by their family doctor, you must always stay on antibiotics, just not for this condition, but many other conditions such as osteomyelitis, etc. And patients have a lot of negative effects as a result of uh, the administration of these uh, drugs. And, you know, I, I don't mean to criticize the medical profession. I'm more of an educator and an independent thinker. And uh, I don't uh, subscribe to the long-term use of antibiotics, even though in isolated instances it may be required. But invariably, in my experience, I discontinue the practice, and I've never seen an adverse effect as a result. And sometimes it takes two or three sessions and discussions with the patient to approach this as 
you know, they've been on antibiotics two or three years. The last doctor they saw said you must never stop using this drug no matter what anyone else tells you. And I uh, disagree with that approach. I've never seen a negative effect result. Right, right. Julie, I want to ask you now, what's your advice to a family with a daughter in the same situation that you were when the diagnosis was first made and you were being offered these various treatments? What would you say to them in light of your experience and what kind of advice would you want physicians to give them? Well, you know, every every patient is somewhat different. And, uh, you know, we de- develop protocols over perhaps two, three treatment sessions with evaluations, uh, individualized for, for application of that particular patient. And in Julie's daughter's case, I don't think I've seen her, but I'd be more than happy to see her, set up a list of protocols, send her home with a home system, which you could treat as required, and uh, the cost is minimal. And uh, I have yet to find a case where it has not been effective. Right. Now, I want to ask Julie the same question. Julie, well, what's your sense of what would you say to uh, a family like yours as you were when you were first... Uh, confronted with this diagnosis, what are the comments you would make to them and what's the kind of advice or prompting that you would give to physicians that they turn to for help? Julie? I would really encourage them to do their research because what, what I'm comfortable with and what my daughter's comfortable with may not necessarily be somebody else's comfort level. Um, so I would I would tell them to to keep an open mind and to do their research, because um, and I agree with Dr. Khan. You know, antibiotics may not be be the only way to treat this. Um, to to look at alternative medicines and and know that um, you know that that it's it's not a life sentence, and that there's many wonderful years ahead and of happiness and to really just try to get, encourage them and to, to keep their, their self-esteem up and to, you know, in my case of my daughter, is that she's, she's still beautiful and she's still, yeah. you know, um, a, a wonderful part of the society and that she can contribute and that uh, it's not, um, like I said, it's not all doom and gloom and that, that we'll get over this. And, and that's what I would try to encourage other people is just try to stay positive and do your research. And, and even, you know, with, with the Internet, there's the Facebook uh, page and there is a support group on there. And uh, just, you know, just really get involved and, and, and informed. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. How do you know if you're living with an addict? If you think you know all the recognizable signs, you probably don't. If you're listening to and reading from the so-called experts, you probably don't. You need to hear from a parent, just like yourself, who has been there and can tell you what it's like firsthand. 
Please listen to Afflicted by Addiction with Bradley DeHaven. Our program is heard every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. It just might save your life or the life of someone you love. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. You are listening to Family Caregivers Unite with Dr. Gordon Atherley. If you have any questions or comments about our program, please address them by email to docg at FamilyCaregiversUnite.org. Now, back to Family Caregivers Unite. Welcome back to our listeners to um, Family Caregivers Unite, segment four, where we're talking about treatments for painful, pus-discharging lumps under the skin. Um, our guests are Dr. Fred Kahn and Julia Donado. Now, I'm going to ask them both what they see in the future. And I'm going to ask, first of all, Fred to say what more he would like to do and to see done to provide more and better help for people with HS and also for their family caregivers. Fred, please. Uh, the entire healthcare system today is too economically oriented. It is not patient oriented. It is not problem oriented. And that must change. The objective of every healthcare provider, whether an MD, chiropractor, physiotherapist, dental hygienist, etc., must be focused on the welfare of the patient. Treatment for any condition must be applied as soon as the diagnosis is established and continues until the patient is well. No more of excessive tests, cross-consultations, wasting time to save money. This adds up to the cost of the system. It prolongs the care, often induces chronicity, and is deleterious to every aspect of the health care providers. Right. Julie, it's the same question. What more do you want to do and what more do you want to see done to help people like your daughter, with this condition, and families like yours. Julie? What I would really like to see um, are more doctors who are more aware of this condition and how to treat it properly. Uh, we've come across um, a numerous amount of doctors, actually, that we've been flipped from one place to another because they didn't know what to do with her. Um, the last, last visit was that she needed surgery. So what I would really like to see the healthcare do is cover some alternative costs, uh, cover the costs of having the laser treatments done. At this point, um, this is all out of pocket, and it's not, it's not covered by any of our, our medical systems. And what really confuses me is the fact that, you know, they are, our healthcare is willing to 
put my daughter under the knife and do skin grafts and, and whatnot and, and, and place her in the hospital and do physiotherapy and she wouldn't have movement of her arms. Um, they were willing to pay for that, but yet they're not willing to pay for laser treatments that seem to be working a lot more than what I think any surgery will do because there's no, um, it, it, there's no long-term um, evidence that this is going to cure it. Well, actually, we know it's not going to cure it. So that's what I'd like to see done is maybe a little bit more support as far as um, our health care system goes for, for the treatment of this disease. Right. Fair. Now, Fred, back to you. What's your message for people with the condition and their family caregivers? Fred? Well, first of all, get early care. Don't overreact. This is not a life-threatening condition. It can be simply and effectively treated with a 100% cure rate, uh, taking the proper approach. Healthcare systems today are too pharmaceutical, uh, government-oriented economic considerations. Mm -hmm. The consideration should be the patient, number one, two, three. The two articles I'll just refer to, one in the Star, uh, very recently about the undue influence of uh, drug companies in medical schools. Another one about a woman who wanted her daughter treated Bob Cajun and could not uh, receive care because she was not enrolled in that particular facility even though there were no patients. So all these things are very negative with, with regard to supplying good health care. And a lot of the medical profession just cave in to those uh, aspects of uh, directives. You know, right. health care professionals should take charge of what they do and they should do what benefits the patient, number one, two, three. And that, that's all I have to say. Right. Julie, what's your message to people with the condition and their family caregivers? I know what you're going through, <laughs> that uh, it, it's not easy. And if it were that easy, I, I, I really wish it were. And, and at, Dr. Khan, at, at some point we will connect and we'll get Victoria in there to see you. But at this point, um, I, I tell family caregivers that I feel your pain, I understand your frustration, and just use your voice and make this condition more known because, uh, like I said, up to last year, I had absolutely no idea this even existed, and um, and it's more common than we think. And I, I just really wish that you know it, it, people knew more about it, so in that way, maybe we they can get they can get help and and the proper help. Thank you both. Now we've come to the end of this episode, which I I think has been profoundly important because you've been talking, you both of you have been talking in a way that indicates that you both understand each other, that um, what Dr. Khan is suggesting, what Fred's suggesting in the way of care, very much links with, first of all, Julie, the kind of care that you're looking for, and also you both are looking to the importance of hope as part of the treatment. That is to say, it isn't good, but neither is it disastrous, and therefore it can be coped with. And all the side effects, let's call them psychological side effects, can be fought back. So I'm going to wish you both, in your different ways, as, as 
the provider of the uh, ther laser therapy, as you, Julie, the family caregiver, and also you, Julie, the professional who uses laser work in, in certain, certain parts of your professional practice, wish you every success for everybody's sake because it's profoundly important. And I want to say thank you um, again for the strong, strong message you've given. Now, to our listeners, I want to say thank you. And I want to encourage you to comment on this episode if you'd like to. And I'd also like to hear from you if you'd like to be a guest on the show. And then finally, I would like to um, say that our next episode is another one that's profoundly important, which is um, the, quest, the whole question of organ donation for parents who are grieving the death of a child. Um, we'll look forward to uh, that episode. So uh, same spot on the Internet. I'll talk to you then. Thank you again for joining us this week for Family Caregivers Unite with your host, Dr. Gordon Atherley. Please tune in again next Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. And until then, we hope our program will help make the coming week easier and more hopeful. And I do appreciate you being Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by Voice America Talk Radio Network its staff and management.